Hi, I'm Tony Mala, and welcome to the ASA Podcast, a program for automotive professionals that helps keep you ahead of what's now, what's new, and what's next in the business of automotive service and collision repair. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association, dedicated to driving your success. And we'll be sharing information, insight, and inspiration that will not just help you make a living, it will help you make a difference. Hi, I'm talking today with Brian Risen, the president of Ameritrust Connect. Brian, welcome to the show. Tony, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be with you and have the opportunity to speak to you and your members. Thanks for taking the time with us today. You and I were talking a while ago, and I thought this would make a great podcast on the benefits of a return to work program. Mm -hmm. And you had some interesting thoughts, and I thought we should share those with our listeners. So tell us a little bit about what is a return to work program? Tony, the return to work program is one of the ways in which a small business owner or really any business owner can not only one, reduce the cost of their workers' compensation insurance over time, but it's also an important ingredient when it comes to the health and happiness of employees. And so this is about simply having a process in place that when you have an injured employee, how do you get them the proper care they need through your insurance carrier, your workers' compensation carrier? But more importantly, how do you get them back to work as soon as possible after they've been injured? Studies have shown significant reduction in ultimate workers' compensation costs with the sooner you get the employee back. The longer they're off work, the longer they're not engaged in their normal day-to-day work, the more likely they will continue to be off for longer periods of time. So the criticalness of a return-to-work program is about how do you get that injured employee the care they need, but then how do you get them back to work in some fashion, and I'll describe what that means, in order to get them back in their normal routine into their normal work environment? Obviously, if someone's injured on the job, there's you know reasons why they would be out. Given our current situation, does someone coming down with COVID count? It's a valid question. That is still being looked at on a state-to-state basis, Tony. It's a very fluid situation. The broad answer would be typically not. Mm-hmm. But again, workers' compensation is an interesting coverage because it's done on a state basis. So the states really regulate, at the end of the day, what is compensable and isn't. Every circumstance is different. Every job exposure is different. So what we've said all along was that if somebody felt they had a compensable claim, they should file it. That's the best advice we can give them because each circumstance is different and each state's different. And quite frankly, this is all still very fluid. And so it's difficult for all parties to figure out what this is going to end up being and what kind of impact it's going to have on, say, the workers' compensation line of business. So my best answer, and, the, and the really the only one I'm qualified to offer, is just that if somebody feels they have a compensable claim, they should file it. And I always recommend that. And then let the claims process and the claims organization take over the evaluation from there. Well, again, these are unusual times. Yes. Sometimes things that Normally, you know, I understand sickness usually isn't considered a workman's compensation issue, but in this particular case, where the simple fact of being at work could be the cause, it's kind of a gray area, but knowing that it's state by state, where would a shop owner go and check to see what the regulations are in their particular state? Can you give us any insight into where they might look? Is there a website or something they could go to? I would say the best thing that they can do is contact their insurance carrier claims organization and talk to somebody about what the claims environment looks like there or what the state regulations look like or what's the current trend. 
if I was a business owner, I'd be calling and talking to my workers' compensation carrier to the claims organization because they're going to know best about what they're seeing in the market. They're going to know best about what rules or regulations are being applied. Again, this is so fluid and so much uncharted waters that it's one that's difficult for anybody to answer with a line of sight right now. You could go to the state insurance organizations to their websites, the Department of Insurance, but I don't know how much they'd find there. But I know that if you call your workers' compensation insurance carrier, they can give you some guidance on what to do or not do. I think I've always advised that that's probably the best source. And I think in most cases, most people will advise the same thing. If they believe there's a compensable claim, no matter what it is, you should report it. When in doubt, ask, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's turn back to the uh, return to work program. Can you give us some examples of what that would look like for different size shops? For example, if, you know, if it's a small operation, are there any differences in planning for someone to return to work versus, say, a larger shop? Or is it all kind of the same, regardless of the size of the business? Well, the basic fundamentals are the same. So let me give you a little bit more detail on that. What this is about is trying to identify, no matter what size you are, how can you bring an employee back to work even before they're back on their feet completely? Like, in other words, that you work with your local medical providers through your carrier, insurance carrier organization, to make sure that the local medical providers can understand what is their normal job. But one of the things you're looking for to see if they can find any light duty or modified work duty for that injured employee. So in essence, they may not be able to come back and perform for a while their normal duties, but can you get them back in the workplace doing something on a light duty, modified duty standpoint Mm -hmm. where they're just able to get back into the workforce? So uh, example I give is somebody's working on the, the shop floor, but you know, they can't come back and do something right now when it comes to like lifting. I'm going to make, make that example. Then maybe you have them do something that deals with office work or doing something that's in the parts area, but you're not lifting anything. Maybe you're just organizing something or you're, you're trying to find something that just gets them back into the workforce, right? And it, it may again be light duty, modified duty. But the point is that that starts to reduce the claim because the speed of recovery seems to happen when they're able to get back in the workforce. So they have a routine and they're back with their peers. And so you try to find anything that you can do to provide them with some access to work, even if it's not normally what they do, just because getting them back in the workplace will reduce the claim and it'll generally get them back into a, uh, a working full capacity faster than it would if they just stayed at home. So in the case of, say, a technician, maybe put them on the front counter welcoming customers and being a service consultant, for example, right? Yes, absolutely. That's a great example, Tony. It's looking for ways, and that's the key thing. And again, you work with the medical provider treating the employee. You want to make sure they can tell you what is it they can do. They can also then work with that shop owner or that business owner to look at what are the possibilities in your organization. And they, and so if you propose that, the doctor would probably say in that case, based on certain restrictions, they'd say, yeah, that would work. That accommodation would enable them to come back. Hmm. So I think that's what you're trying to do. And I think the benefits of just getting these folks back to work in a faster manner, in a more rapid manner, the studies show they recover more quickly. Now, again, it's different. Like if somebody has surgery, then I'm not suggesting... You get them back right after surgery to, you know, the light duty. But 
if it's the type of injury or something that, you know, it's going to take a little time to recover, but they can be working. They can be there doing the types of things like you just described, because it, it just fosters a more positive work environment. It tends to show that they'll recover more quickly. It does have something to do with morale too. People tend to band around that, that say, look, you know, if I have to give John a part of my work, or I have to give him one piece of this to get him back, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. It kind of creates this community feel. And so you want to make sure your leadership within your organization and your employees all know what the benefits are because they have to be supportive of it, right? You don't want to have somebody look down on somebody because they come back, but they can't do what they were doing for a while. So they're, they're doing what you described at the front desk. Well, that's still a very positive thing for the organization, not just financially, but culturally. Having everybody support that is critical. Generally, the more contact the injured employee has with their peers, it shows is part of that recovery process, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. And, you know, most shops are team efforts. So I get the morale side of the equation. The faster they get back on their feet, the better they tend to feel about themselves. And, you know, in today's environment where a lot of people are actually being furloughed because of the current situation, shops that are keeping their employees working, you know, a lot of the ways heavily on a lot of folks' minds. Yes, it does. But talking to the doctor. Yes. Is that something you would simply ask the employee the name of of their doctor and give them a call? That's a great question, Tony. What you typically would want to do is you'd work with your workers' compensation claims, whoever's handling the claim, the claim adjuster, and they would help you help that business owner facilitate that conversation Mm -hmm. with the doctor so that they can also be in support of this and they would want to be in support of this so they could easily help facilitate the connection with the doctor so that all parties are on the call and, and, and they're describing what was his normal duties, what are the kind of options you have today, and the doctor is making an assessment of that and then saying, you know, yes or no. But the way you do that is I think you engage your claims adjuster and have them help facilitate that conversation with the doctor. The other thing I would suggest that business owners do is Already kind of think about that even ahead of a claim happening. So what I'm saying there is think about ahead of somebody getting injured, what could I do? What kind of light duty, modified duty could I have here if I have an experienced person uh, that gets hurt and we can bring him back early? Is there jobs that we could create? Because at the end of the day, I think if there's a will, there's a way. So if you're wanting to bring back that employee and they've been, you know, they're a good employee, they're experienced, they add to your bottom line, then getting them back early in one manner or another is a good thing. So how do you already somewhat try to give thought to, well, what would we do if we had one of those? And I've always said a little more proactive thinking just sets the stage for that. And so I always believe everybody can, for the most part, find something light duty, modified duty that somebody can come back to. Planning ahead is always a great idea and thinking about this before you need it, making a checklist and and assessing should this happen, having a game plan in mind beforehand would help. Right. Well, and you you brought up a very good point earlier, Tony, that in this world today of this impact of pandemic on small business and then on the employees that, you know, employee gets hurt. What's, you know, what's one of the things they're worried about? Will Will they have a job to come back to? Yeah. And so taking that fear away and saying to them and making sure people know, look, if you get injured, we don't want you to get injured and we hope you're doing all the right things. We're going to try to help you do all the right things, but accidents do happen. But if it does happen, we're going to do all we can to get you back in some modified or light duty fashion 
And I think that gives them a sense of stability and some, some sense of, you know, confidence that my employer cares and that there is going to be something for me. And, and most good employees I find, they want to get back. They don't want to be off. They don't want to be injured. You know, they, they don't want to be shedding home. They want to be back doing what they do as a profession. And so I think being able to communicate that and letting people know up front that the management team or, or the owners support this and that if that happens, everybody knows we're bringing them back. As soon as we can get them back, we're going to get them back in some fashion. I think that that's, that's when I talk about culture and morale. That does so much for everybody that, you know, not even just not even the injured employee, but other employees will look into that and they say, you know, this is the kind of person I want to work for. Yeah. They know that your, your boss has your back is always important. I know. Yes, absolutely. I like the recommendation of going through your workman's compensation representative as well. Are there any HIPAA implications with asking questions like this? No. I mean, if you're doing it through your claims adjuster, because the claims adjuster, it could differ sometimes by state to some degree. So that claims adjuster is going to know mm-hmm. what the protocols are. Good claims adjusters also value the idea of return to work. And they're going to do everything they can to help the business owner facilitate the process with the medical provider. And, and sure, are there certain things that HIPAA would protect or yes, but again, going through a professional claims adjuster that's handling the claim is the key to that because they will help guide the business owner on how do we reach the doctor and say, look, we'd like to bring this person back as soon as they're ready in this type of role. Can we do that? That's kind of what you're doing. You're trying to help get them to help facilitate that conversation. Well, again, a couple of good tips there. One is plan ahead as always. Yes. Talking to the claims adjusters, another great one. Any other tips as to how best to prepare for this that you would, would want to share? You know, I think that's it's like anything. I think it's just trying to be proactive and trying to understand that injuries and accidents are going to happen. I mean, they're going to happen. And when they do, the critical part of that is, is a couple things. One, always, does the employee get the care they need and they deserve to get them healed and back on their feet? And two, can the business owner help facilitate that by getting them back sooner than later through some kind of modified light duty process? My best recommendations is those things, you know, be proactive about it, communicate it to your staff, and then walk the talk when those injuries happen. Well, you know, we were talking earlier about COVID and, uh, you know, we're kind of still struggling with this thing. I know we're getting closer every day to a vaccine. Ameritrust has been working with their clients through this pandemic. What are some of the things you're doing to support the shops as we get through this? As you know, Tony, Ameritrust is a large rider workers' compensation for small businesses across the United States. Mm -hmm. We know because we do that, we've seen that the difficulties and the trials and tribulations that a small business owner is going through trying to stay upright and stay afloat the longer this goes. And, you know, we're all praying that there will be additional federal support coming for small business owners because we know that's going to be needed. But as an organization, you got to walk your talk. And so back when this all started, which seems like a long time ago, but it's only eight months ago, but it feels a lot longer to many especially these small business owners, mm-hmm. that we said, look, we got to provide some relief. So we are still doing today what we started back in April. And that is we're trying to automatically renew accounts. We're really not trying to look for ways to not renew an account. We're renewing a large percentage of our accounts just go through. We didn't want business owners to worry. Most business owners, their loss experience is good. And so we just said, look, let's just basically do automatic renewal. So 
we didn't want to have that worry on their shoulders. They got enough to worry about. So we're continuing that process at this time just to try to give them more relief. And then we also started a process if somebody, two other things. One, if you had a current policyholder and they can't pay their bills, they can't pay the premium under the current installment plan. We've asked them simply call us. We have worked with hundreds and hundreds of insureds to restructure the payment plan, restructure it so it works for them because we know that their cash flow is down. We know that, you know, they're dealing with so many things. We said, don't cancel your policy. That's the worst thing you can do. Don't let it cancel for non-pay. Just call us. We'll work with you. We'll find some way to make it work. And we've done that. And, and it shows in our results. It shows in our retentions. It shows in our lack of cancellations for non-pay. And then the third thing we did is we, we said, uh, if you come and buy a new policy from us, you're a new policyholder, we'll ask for no down payment. So we'll spread your cost over 11 months, but we won't ask you for a down payment. And so that's a benefit that we've seen lift from because again, normally you would ask for a deposit, right? You'd ask for 20 or 25% down in nine installments. Well, in this case, we're saying you don't have to put that down payment down. We'll just spread the payments over 11, but you get relief for that first month. So all those things together is really gives, gives us a sense that we're trying to do all we can to help policyholders through this crazy time and through this extremely difficult time for a small business owner. We know that one thing in itself is never enough, but we think collectively we've seen that uh, so many, we've received so many notes from policyholders thanking us for the effort we've made in either helping them with a pay plan or making it not, not requiring a down payment or just making their renewal go through so that, you know, they, they've got coverage. Cause at the end of the day, it's, the most important thing in all that is they keep their policy in force and they have the coverage they need to protect their associates while they're working. And so we want to make sure that at the end of the day, that's the right thing for us to do. That's why we're here. We sell a promise yep. that when, when you buy a policy from us, that's what you do. You buy a promise that if you have an injury or you have a claim that we're going to do the right things to try to handle that and do it according to the regulations and so forth. But, but our job is to, to execute on that promise. And we thought this is another way to kind of try to demonstrate that we do care about these policyholders and, and we do care about small business. And we know how important that is to the fabric of the economy and to our country. And it's our job as an insurance organization that does workers' compensation to try to provide some relief to them while they're going through all this. Well, the trick to getting through something like this, they always say, is to keep moving. And it's nice to know that, like many of the other ASA benefit providers or Mara Trust is stepping up to do what they can to help shops get through this. I know there's a lot of them out there who are really struggling. Yes. Some of them are starting to come back, but it's it's a process. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And I, you know, I think we're all praying that by the time we get a vaccine and we get into a some part of 2021, we'll start to see more of a light at the end of the tunnel. But in the interim, we're going to do everything we can to help them get through this. And we believe that's our duty and the right thing to do. One year ago, none of us could have predicted we'd be having this conversation at this time. Hopefully one year from now, we will be having a different conversation saying, boy, I'm glad that's over. Yeah, I hope so. I always believe in a better day and I think a better day will come. I believe that's true. Well, Brian, I want to thank you for your time today. This has been very enlightening. We really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk with us. Tony, thank you. It's my pleasure. Stay well, and uh, we'll look forward to speaking to you again in the future. 
That sounds great. And I'll hold to that promise. We have a lot more we need to talk about down the road. So awesome. We have been talking with Brian Risen, the president of Ameritrust Connect, again, one of the ASA benefit providers. Brian, again, thank you for your time today. You have a great weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Tony. All the best. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you're brand new to the ASA podcast or if you've been here before, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoy our podcast and find our content valuable, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to this. And if you're an automotive service facility shop owner listening to this podcast and you'd like to know more about ASA, I invite you to visit our website at asashop.org. I'm Tony Mala, and thanks for listening.